Have you ever wondered where our spirit goes when we die? Does it meet the Father up in heaven or wander the earth waiting for the resurrection? We answer all these questions in the next two episodes titled, Our Death and Resurrection. So grab your Bible, sit back, relax, and I really hope you enjoy. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, we're going to be covering um, what happens really when to the dead, right? When you die, where do you go? You're in the grave until, of course, the resurrection. Um, and then, you know, all the biblical references to that. And we're also going to cover um, that being said, when, what about when people are trying to contact, you know, their quote unquote loved ones that have passed away? What are they actually doing that they're summoning evil spirits because they're dead? are not aware of them and never will be. The Bible is very clear on this. So if you're confused about that, we'll get you right on that today. Um, and then we're going to dig deeper into uh, the unclean and evil spirits, um, demons, etc. Um, and then even cover some Bible verses that uh, refer to, that people refer to that take things out of context largely. Um, but, uh, and, and just to, just to, Kind of paraphrase before we get started, keep this in mind. If you're a Christian and you're listening and you think that when you die, you go straight to heaven, well, then you must be a Christian that does not believe in the rapture of Revelation either. Uh, because if uh, you are in heaven, then there's no one to rapture. So it's kind of a silly thought in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Mason's going to be leading this, uh, to be the tip of the spear on, on this teaching on here. Um, but it's important because, you know, Hollywood gives you the fairy tale. Right, people dying and going to heaven, and and that's it's instantaneous, um, and it's not. I mean, to the person who died, it'll feel that way because the next time they open their eyes, they're before the Lord. Um, but certainly to us here on earth, there is a time span in which people are there, and people have always been curious, for sure, about the dead, and and you know what might be around them, and getting the goosebumps and the willy nillies and different things that they feel um, along the way. But you know, you can cut through all that stuff pretty simply, and getting into your scripture and get the answers uh, from the Bible um, that tell you the dead are at rest and aware of nothing, and that we are there until we hear the Lord's voice call and we are resurrected. So, um, Mason, let's go ahead and uh, get started. Right. <clears throat> so, again, folks, uh, when you die, you go to the grave, and you stay in the grave until the day of the Lord. When the grave, by the way, is called Sheol. Okay, yes. Sheol is where you go, which is later on interpreted to the word hell, and there is no fire in hell, the lake of fire is where hell is thrown into. Hollywood has them bunched all together and makes you think that hell is a fiery place. It is not. That is Sheol. That is the original term from your scriptures. And that is where the dead go and are at rest, both good and bad, not aware of anything. Um, but the fiery part comes later on at the lake of fire. That's at the uh, end of the Bible there in Revelation. But go ahead, Mason. And no, and I was going to say that being soaked into that ideology of hell being fire and you dying and going to heaven and you have, you know, your grandparents and your loved ones around you, it's very difficult to come out of that. Oh, it is. Because so not only to hear it, but then also live it and understand that it's difficult to realize like, oh, 
this is what the Bible says, and it's completely different from what everybody else has told me. The uneducated narrative that has been carried and then basically uh, fornicated in Hollywood and TV. This is what people watch, so therefore it must be true. And um, I'm sure everyone's been to the funeral, and I'll tell you what, it drives me crazy to be at a funeral, and people start talking the nonsense. Oh, they're up there looking down on us. Well, first of all, little Jimmy would have to be saved, number one. And if he's not, then he's not up there looking down anywhere. But second of all, um, the Bible's very clear that, no, you don't just die and you're in heaven. There's only two resurrections of the dead. There's one with the last trumpet, right? And then we have the one for final judgment. Um, nothing in between. So, yes, there's been many pastors Many have been to church a million times and have heard that narrative of they're there, they're looking down or whatever, but it is not biblically founded. It is not. And once we get through these verses today, you'll understand that. Quite frankly, if you were already in fire, if you went to hell and you just died immediately, right? Um, you're, you're already being judged before your judgment. That doesn't make any sense. You're going to be judged when you stand before God. That is when the Bible shows that is when the last, the unsaved are resurrected at the very end. They face the judgment at that moment. Begin. You can read it very plainly there when we get there. But um, let's go ahead and, and yeah. start digging into some verses here because it's better to hear the verses than to hear our voices. Yes, definitely. Right. So anyways, we're going to go and just kick off into this. Um, I got these verses listed in order in which they appear uh, in the Bible if you're reading it in a... Um, uh, I guess in a chronological order, if you want to say so. So we're going to start off in Job chapter 14, verses 12, so that you can read along with me here. So man lieth down and riseth not. To the heavens be no more, they shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret. Until thy wrath be passed, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time, and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait. Till my change come. So just in the book of Job, it is relaying New Testament verses about the judgment and wrath of God. Okay? So keep that in mind. We're going to get to that here very shortly. So again, Job chapter 17, verse 1 and verse 16. And this is what it reads. Verse 1. My breath is corrupt. My days are extinct. The graves are ready for me. 16. They shall go down to the bars of the pit when our rest together is in the dust. And that, and that rest together, and, and, you know, there's two contexts of that. I guess they will rest together with just rest as Christians. It's both the saved and the unsaved. And if you go back to the very early on, um, you know, uh, verbiage really from the Bible, it, Sheol was always a place of rest for the souls until it's time. And again, the Bible says, some will be called and awakened to everlasting joy with the Lord and others to everlasting contempt and judgment. Okay, so those are the two two resurrections that will occur uh, in there. Okay, now we're going to keep on continuing from the book of Psalms. This is Psalms chapter 6, verses 4 through 5. Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? Wow, powerful verse, right? <laughs> when you, who will, right? Who will give thee praise? Um, uh, what, what are we saying here? Um, death, there is no remembrance of thee in death. Your mind is not aware of anything when you die. You're done. You're sitting there. Dead. You, you can't <laughs> praise God. You can't have thoughts. You're not walking around in Abraham's bosom, which, uh, let me tell you what, that is the most uh, uh, really 
out of context verse that you'll ever come across there. It was a parable that everyone likes to use as an actual uh, um, uh, event taking place. And it's just, it's unfortunate because we can take a thousand verses that are going to tell you that the dead are at rest and aware of nothing. You're in the grave. You can't praise the Lord. You have no pain. You have no fear, but you're literally awaiting to either A, be called to the rapture to be with Christ forever, or be called to the final judgment. Right. So again, guys, um, this whole entire podcast is inspired by Christians who think it is okay to pray and contact the dead. I got I got into uh, quite a few debates, and I've had a close friend, a close friends that are couples, right? Um, they're a couple, and they had a very demonic experience. Okay, some of the most extreme demonic activity I've ever heard of in my entire life and studies of this. And they sought after another quote unquote Christian friend that told them like, Oh, you got bad spirits. We'll take some salt, sprinkle it around your house and burn some sage. Okay. That is not a Christian way. That is a witchcraft. That is literally witchcraft. Okay. That goes back all the way to Sumerian and Egyptian days when they were burying the dead. That does not ward off spirits. That invites more in. Okay, guys. So I, this has been, I'm very passionate about this because I didn't realize how bad of a problem it is with Christians practicing this stuff, thinking that it's okay and that the Bible condones it. It does not. And you're going to see that more. We're going to keep on going. Okay. So next verse we got here is Psalms 150. Verse 17. Okay. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. Boom. Can't argue that either. I was going to say the next four are all oh, they're amazing. the same thing. Right, right. Am I, am I, it's, it's reiterated, people, a thousand times so, over. Dead praise not the Lord. I, I want everyone to keep in mind as we're reading this that when, when man dies, you go into the grave and you are unaware of being dead. Okay. You're not walking around as a spirit. People that talk to spirits, if you think that's your grandma or your uncle or your aunt or whatever, that is a demon or a familiar spirit, as we will get into later in this study. Do not contact them. These familiar spirits have been walking the earth for thousands and thousands of years. They got nothing else better to do but to, but then hang around you and your family, and they can pick up details of your life and your family's history and tell you everything that they, that you want to know that will yeah. make you think that that is your family member. So it is technically, not. you could ask them about your ancestors. Yeah, you can because they're going to know it. They've been around here walking <laughs> the that, earth in the spirit. In the spirit. What's right? funny is is that's what should be alarming to people, but instead it's what draws them in. They're like, oh. How would they know this? It's real. It's the real person. No, yeah, it's it's a real entity that you're speaking to on the other end that has been here the entire time that already knows. They know the things that you wouldn't want other people to know. So that gets that into way. generational curses too. Oh, absolutely. And, and, oh, absolutely. and you think of ghosts. I mean, at least when I think of them, I'm thinking of like, ooh, I'm a ghost. I don't know anything. Yeah. I'm just floating around. No, these I things know. like yeah. are intelligent. Yeah, they're they're the yeah. gods of the ancient world. Yeah, That's I'm flat out. They are the Nephilim. Okay. Yeah. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, it goes all the way back to that uh, to those days. But uh, I'm going to keep on reading here, guys, to give you hammer into your mind that the dead, as as humans, the dead go into the grave and they stay dead. They're not roaming the earth. Okay, so let me go and hammer this in, into your head with more verses. Psalms 143, verse 3. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Meaning, all the dead are in darkness, in Sheol, aware of nothing. Go ahead, Mason, next one. Psalms 146, verse 4. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his, to his earth, and that very day his thoughts perish. Oh, look at that. When you die, your thoughts perish. Oh, I thought we were just walking around bo- bothering our living nope. loved ones and, you know, trying to pass off information. No. 
no, no, okay. no, no, no. We're going to keep on going here, guys, because I got a lot of verses. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of scripture. This next today. one's okay. pretty good. Yep. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 5 through 6. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything, neither have they any more of a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished, neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Okay. It just goes like further in depth. Like, <clears throat> not only are you dead, but you don't know love, you don't know envy, you don't know. And, and this is this is what's nuts is there are so many Christians that have no clue what their Bible says. If they did, they would be sitting there in the same position I would be going at that funeral. Like, I'm keeping my mouth shut only because I don't want to disrupt the families that are there. But what is being said is is inaccurate. It's not biblical. And pastors in themselves, in my my opinion. Pastors should be ashamed of themselves for saying anything that deviates from what these scriptures say right here. A lot of funerals I don't care if you're are making... done through Catholic churches as well. What's that? A lot of funerals are done through some branch of Catholicism. Oh, yeah. Well, depending, yeah, depending on where that person was. Basically, if they didn't go to church often, chances are it's a Catholic church that will be giving the ceremony for sure. Um, I know a lot of Catholics. Most of them don't attend church very often. But certainly if they die, they'll have a Catholic. You know, they feel like the priest is going to get them to heaven. You know, let me, let's me let get the Catholic priest out here to handle this and uh, do the smoke and the chalice and all the fa- fancy two-hour, you know, thing going on um, when the reality is <laughs> it's too late. Right. Um, so who, does anyone else want to go ahead and read? Uh, so I don't take up all the time here, my own reading. Uh, I'll read Isaiah for you here. Isaiah 38, 18 through 19. For the grave cannot praise thee. Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, he shall praise thee. As I do this day, the father to the children shall make known thy truth. And so again, it's reiterating the dead are not up walking around with the Lord in heaven. They're not. They're walking the earth or walking the earth. They're nowhere. You're in the pit. You're literally into the center of the earth. The same place Christ went when he perished. Mm. When he died on the cross, he went to Sheol. Okay. That's where he went. And he went there for that duration. And then when he resurrected, Mm. he was on top of the ground, but not until resurrection. He gave us a sample, right? A shortened sample, if you will, of what will happen to us when we die. Um, and I'll go ahead and, uh, I'll read Daniel and then, uh, someone else wants to grab John after that. Um, <clears throat> Daniel 12, one through two. And at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince, which standeth before the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, the people shall be delivered and everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So it's really important, again, and even here it's being mentioned, it's not until the end, right? We are rest where? We are sleeping in the dust of the earth. So the Bible refers to being dead as sleep. Jesus referred to death as sleep multiple times. That you're there, you're not aware, you're just there. But why he says sleep is because you will awaken again. You will be called. He proved that with his resurrection on the cross to show you mm-hmm. the same power that resurrected me will resurrect you, right? And it, but it won't be until then. We're in the dust. It's 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 not a hard thing. But I think what people struggle with, myself, is they struggle with the fact that. What do you mean they're just 
dead and we're nothing. You know, Hollywood, like you said, has, has given them this vision and other churches and everything have given them this vision of they're up there smiling with wings on or something, looking down over top of us all. And we try to get this warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, no, um, at the same time, they're not in pain. They're not enduring any suffering. No, they're but kind of just in the queue waiting. They're in Which the queue is, waiting. It's difficult to understand because it's literally nothing. And yeah. as a human, you've experienced something since your birth. So to con- even to even go over the concept of nothing is just mind shattering. You, you know what I mean? Space is a mind shattering thing and it's nothing. Right. So to be able to say that this person that's dead is in, in shield is nothing. And, and, and it's difficult. What I try to remind people too, you know, we talk about our bodies will not be changed until we are resurrected. Okay. Until then we are dust and bones, you know, and flesh that's rotting in the ground. That's it. Um, and it isn't until when the Lord calls us, now you think about someone who's been dead for, you know, thousands of years, right? Um, is he is he calling uh, a fleshly body? No, he is at this point now calling your celestial body, your celestial body now that you'll be given at that moment, which does not die. The same resurrection as explained by Jesus. Exactly. When Jesus was resurrected. He has a body, right? Then at that point, he's showing people this body will not die. This body is not the same body as it was before. Now, for display purposes, Jesus has holes in his hands and things to show people like it is me. People wanted to see it. They wanted to thrust their hand into his side to verify, like, dude, I don't think this is you. You know what I mean? And Jesus is like, go ahead. <laughs> do it. What do you know? <laughs> yeah, what, do you, what do you know? Like, you know, I, I, here I am, the, the empirical evidence, and you're still confused. Um Let's see here. But uh, you notice there at the end of that that verse it says some to everlasting contempt and some to ever or some to everlasting life, some to everlasting contempt. So there's there's two two directions you go, right? And so this just like we talked about in previous podcasts, you're either serving God or you're serving the devil, and there's no in between. And therefore, when you go into the grave, when you come out, you're either going to be with God or you're going to be with the devil. That's it. It's that simple. Yep. There's there's only two tracks. Verily, verily, I say unto you. The hour is coming and is now when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear it shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he giveth to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of my own self do nothing as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Powerful. Powerful. I mean, right there, you've got Jesus, right? He's he's telling you how this is going to go and reiterates again from from Daniel. Here we go from Daniel. Where are we at? Now we're in the New Testament. Still all the same stuff. It has not changed and telling you what's going on. You're going to awaken to one of two things, (laughs) you know, and it's it's all determined of one of the two people you were following before you went to the grave, you know, plain and simple. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, 
take John chapter 11 here. Uh, this is John chapter 11, 11 through 14, and verses 23 through 26 as well. So 11, uh, starting with verse 11 through 14 here. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Now, starting again in verse 23 through 26, Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he will, he shall raise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were never dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? So, you know, again, and it's funny in, in, in that whole part where, you know, Lazarus is dead. He's like, well, you know, Lazarus is asleep. And as the disciples are all like, oh, well, then he sleeps. He does well then. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. He's dead, okay? <laughs> I call it sleep. Come on, guys. Get with it. Yeah, like, yeah. He's almost frustrated by He'll that. He'll wake no, up eventually, right? He's dead. And then they're he's like, dreaming. whoa, he's dead. Well, what are we going to do? Um, but again, you know, Jesus refers to it as a sleep because that is what it is equivalently. Basically, you're in the ground. Your soul is at rest. It is at peace. It is at sleep. But when it hears the voice of God, boom, if you were saved, you're going to come to the, the, the rapture time. You're going to be with the Lord. And when he calls for judgment of those who had not accepted, that's where you at that point, you, you have some concern uh, to deal with because you'll have to actually be <laughs> Prove yourself before God. Good luck yeah, and, and and Jonathan, you had mentioned the 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 earthly body and then the celestial body, and I can understand how someone can kind of get confused with that, especially because that's the part that's going in the shield, correct? Yeah, well, yeah, because obviously your body itself, right, goes six feet down and yeah. it's in a concrete coffin basically that just sits there and basically rots and goes nowhere. But essentially, your soul is deep into the earth in Sheol. It goes to a different place. And, you know, they've, they've done all their scientific studies on that too. When you die, your body changes weight instantly. And it's as if your soul has weight to it. It's, it's quite interesting. And science doesn't want to really talk much more about that other than the fact that in the instant that you die, that they, they put those bodies on these super sensitive scales to watch it change. And so evidently your soul even has weight, but that soul goes somewhere. doesn't stay with the bones, doesn't need the bones. See, Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Okay, it's your celestial body that will. So, in number one, because of grace of God and forgiveness of sins, makes your celestial body worthy of going to heaven. Otherwise, when you get called to the judgment judgment throne at the end with the rest of the dead, as the Bible says, when they awake, they are going straight to judgment before the white throne, period. And then at that point, um, yeah, whether you go, uh, if, if, again, I will say this just to not get us too far off track, but in that moment, um, you remember Christ said, nobody enters the kingdom but through me, right? So you've got to go through Jesus to get there. Well, Jesus is the judge. The Bible says God gave judgment unto Jesus. Jesus will judge all. So at that throne, that is that is Jesus that will be judging. Um, so he does actually have the power, even if they weren't a Christian prior to that, he has the power and the authority to say, you can come to heaven or you cannot. Yeah. So he's going to look at their heart. Their sins will not be forgiven because they never accepted that gift. So they're going to have to stand there and 
I guess at that moment, pray, pray to the God they denied their whole lives and, and, and hopefully, you know, they, they make it through if he is inclined to do so. Okay. Um, but so let's, let's move on to some more scriptures there. Yes. I'm going to go and pick up on Acts chapter two, verses 26 through 35. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh that shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father of the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye know now, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens. But he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. And it's so wonderful to hear that verse because here, you know, David, a, a man after God's own heart, and it's being told to you, he is not in heaven right now. He, he will be, right? It's promised, but he is not in heaven right now. He is still in his sepulcher, if you will. Um, his bones and, and his soul is still in Sheol, just like the rest of us. Um, and, and to be clear, I guess when you go with that, keep in mind, in the Bible, there are only a few individuals that went to heaven, really, without death. Right. But it was a witness. People had and, to see and it. it to and it happen. was witnessed. It wasn't someone that got buried and they all said, Oh, this guy went to heaven. No, no, no. This was this was before in front of people, right? And Mason, who do we have that was resurrected alive? Elijah and Enoch. Okay, so those those are the two individuals in the Bible that we know were witnessed to be taken alive. Um, aside from that, everyone else had a normal death, right? They died and they went into the ground, period. And we've already heard all the scriptures, what happens when you're in the ground. Right. And of course, Moses is one of the only exceptions that is in heaven right now, as we had seen with the uh, him appearing on the mount with Jesus. Uh, again, he that's not the that's not the rule, folks. He's the accept- exception. exception. And that's because, again, look what he did. He wrote the five first five books of our Bible for us, or uh, at least he wrote uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He re-penned Genesis. Okay, there's actually That's a, great, a good way to say it. Yeah, there's a great literary analysis done on the book of Genesis showing that Genesis was definitely written by Adam and his sons, uh, including Noah, all the way down through those patriarchs, all the way up until uh, all the way up until I, I believe Jacob. So um, it's a great literary analysis. If you guys want to look it up, you should do that. So I really hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Affinity Christian Ministries podcast. Make sure you stick around for part two. If you have any other questions on this topic, please feel free to send us an email. One last thing before I go is I want to thank everyone that supports this ministry. We couldn't do it without you and your gracious donations. 
Help us spread the gospel across the world. If God has laid it upon your heart to donate, you can do so at our website or through our mobile app. I once again want to thank you for stopping in today. This is James, signing off.